All right, so we're going to go ahead and dive into part two of the interview with Chris Bell, and uh, we'll be starting now. Let's go ahead and move away from the, the, the crowdsource questions, because um, I definitely want to get to the ones that you um, yourself kind of wanted to address. Um, before, before we get there, I just want to kind of wrap up the usual. Um, usually this question is, what are you looking forward to the most in dodgeball? But as we've probably beaten to death, uh, you're done. Uh, yeah. So... Aside from snowboarding, what are you what are you looking forward to now, post dodgeball, if anything? Uh, well, the, one of the things that kind of happened is when I when I re- decided to retire, even before Rise, I, I kind of realized ment- mentally that um, I wasn't really enjoying team sports anymore. Uh, it, it was frustrating that even if I did everything correctly, uh, that we could still sometimes lose. And obviously, that's that's an aspect of team sports. But I started picking up a lot more. Um, individual sports when I moved up here, I like like snowboarding, rock climbing, um, and Olympic weightlifting as well too. Um, and I, I just kind of realized that it's as I've gotten older, my mental energy is I feel like much more um, honed in on myself, and I, I really appreciate being able to take everything else out of the picture and just focus on me and the issue I have at hand and, and how to overcome it and not having room for anything else and it's just again it's a shift in mentality i used to be really really into team sports and 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 seeing my teammates succeed and and improve and i just don't really have that that drive anymore so i really appreciate just it being me and and i've, I've realized that because the sports i have picked up and, and the things i have picked up um have, have been just solo sports and and so that shift in mentality is just something i've i've gotten more and more as i've gotten older and so I think that's why I'm looking forward to most is being able to not have to worry about my teammates or other people showing up to tournaments or like other teams either. It's just me and the obstacle in front of me, whether that be a snowboarding hill, whether that be jumping out of a plane, whether that be a rock climbing wall or a barbell on the ground in front of me. It's, it's just me and the object rather than me and a people versus other people. And I, I really just appreciate how much more simple that is. And, and that's what I've kind of shifted towards these last few years. And I'm, I'm definitely going to really, really focus on them now that I don't have to focus on other people. <laughs> yeah. You, you kind of stick to the things that you can control, which is you. Exactly. So if you, uh, if you flake out on something or bail or you can't make some, it's, it's your fault. You can't really, exactly. yeah, that's kind of cool. Um, I do still have some moments like like at nationals. I did still have a few moments where like we talked about when like you and me were like in sync playing like at evil. I mean, that same, those same moments happen with rise a lot of the time. And when those moments do happen, like, like I do really, really appreciate team sports and again, and that teamwork and that synergy. And, and that makes it so much, much more enjoyable as a team sport, but those moments happen less and less and less. Um, and yeah, is this not worth the rest of the negatives that I see from team sports anymore? Yeah, and I mean, I, I can have this conversation with you. I, I know exactly where you're coming from since I've known you for so long. Um, it, it makes sense. Like there, there is so much stuff that I kind of have to just write off, especially as yeah. captain of the team. Even like, hey, you know what? We're playing dodgeball. I'll just take that small little victory there. But um, it does wear on you when when you oh, see sure. the potential. When you see that I'm putting so much work into this, but I can't get three, four other dudes to do the same, like, what am I doing this for? And I have those moments. Um, right now, 
they still are outweighed by the good few minutes here or there of dodgeball uh, on the right. court. And um, but you know, to each their own. And it's kind of good for me um, to hear that you actually have something where you can take all that focus and hone in on something, and you don't have to worry about the outside circumstances. Um, exactly. Yeah, I, I can I can respect that, man. That's that's pretty. I guess there's more, there's, there's a method to the madness. And I, I think if anything, if people who may not know you as well or don't know you at all, listen to you and get to this point, they realize, um, there, there's always something going on behind, uh, I don't want to say behind closed doors, but there, there's, there's a reason why you are the way you are. Open. Yeah. <laughs> same, same thing with, uh, with Billy, like he, you know, he can be perceived as the way he is. But when I talk to him, it's always like, okay, this, this kid isn't so, so bad. Um, social media only shows the littlest, littlest points, but, um, moving on. Um, do you have, we kind of talked a little bit about some memories and some places that you have to play, um, or that you've played before, but do you have like a specific favorite dodgeball memory to date? Um, recency bias, it would definitely be, uh, at the most recent nationals when we were down, against wasn't team awesome but another like east coast team i believe is right before we played ketchum's team um and we were down and i just looked at tim as like let's get our head out says let's win this and then i and i said that's the rest of the team as well but specifically to tim to keep his moral up yeah so you uh you motivated tim huh yeah, and it's and by me motivating Tim, it helped to rest, motivate the rest of the team as well too. Uh, and we just had like grinds for the rest of the four games. And the very last game, I was just like fed up with the, like the slow play, and I just wanted to go ham. I got a really big catch, I think, and I just, I think I just went ham and hit the rest of the team out like one by one, like all ran right row, and just popped off really, really hard at the end, and got that win and popped off as absolutely hard as I could. Uh, and that was definitely my favorite recent memory. All time, I still think, has to be the, the Rampage 2010 uh, Nationals win at the MDL tournament. I didn't really know any of the negatives of, like, the MDLs and Ed Prentice um, because I came in late to that. All I knew is this is the biggest tournament. This is the most competition. We brought this team in that no one had heard of before. It was a brand-new team, but it had this all this potential. We had worked, like, really hard behind the scenes with these training camps. And I was like, wow, this is like an actual sport. This is legit. And then we actually won. Uh, that that was just and it was just an incredible moment for me as far as dodgeball. I think that's definitely my favorite still to this date. Yeah, it's definitely one of mine as well. Just uh, <clears throat> just watching it all happen and just knowing we're gonna win this, um, especially yeah. after we beat Hawaii. We, we knew we were gonna win that, like for sure. Once once Allen got that double catch, it was just over. Yeah, I I talked to him about that too. He's like, when I saw you make that double catch, there's just no way. And then Mason goes and does his behind the back nonsense. Right. Um, yeah, but. I felt like we were gonna win after we beat mixed plate crew. Like once, because yeah, that was I like that was the battle. And I, I always feel like sometimes at a at a in a tournament, there's that second or third to last uh, team that you just have to just grind through. And then uh, sometimes at the finals is a little bit easier, or you see one team overpower the other one because they have that right. that momentum going. Let's uh, because again, we we kind of we kind of talked about this a little bit, but I I do have appreciate the opportunity to to dig into it a little bit more. Right. But you said in dodgeball you wanted to achieve like this status of a true athlete, um, and that's yeah. kind of what drove you. But um, is there anything more to that? Like, how do you how does how do you replicate that, um, or how do you recreate that? Yeah, somebody oh, else? oh, for sure. There's, there's a lot more to that. Um, I hate seeing other people better than me. It, it's such a petty ego thing 
But one thing I really appreciate dodgeball is the ability to dominate the other player or the other team and just for lack of a better term, like make them your, um, and I really, really enjoyed that feeling of like overpowering someone. Uh, and, and, and finally, and especially if they were better than me originally, and then me working harder and harder and, and figuring them out and, and then just pushing them into a corner and, and blasting the crap out of them or, or counter catching them or something like that. And just kind of making them my fool. Uh, that, that definitely, that, that's that high I got from that was definitely what I wanted, um, to help like motivate me and, and, and that definitely drove me to work really, really hard because I, I just hate losing. So. so it's like, cause I always, I'll listen to like Jocko Willink. I don't know if you heard of him or Joe Rogan and the, the, the Rogan, yeah, yeah the, the crazy people out there that are, that are truly tough. Um, especially some people I've talked to in the podcast too, like Tim and, um, Kenny Cox, they'll just say it. If you want to get better at something, you just got to keep doing it. It's always just repetition, repetition, repetition. And it would just seem like that's such an easy thing. Like, oh, I'm not happy with the way I'm playing. I'm going to train now. Like, is is there... It's, it's easy when you have the, the resources and the time. But with dodgeball, that's not really the case. I mean, it's a, it's a hobby for a lot of people. You're limited in what you can do by yourself practice-wise. Um, you're limited in when you can play. Um, it's, it's, it's hard to set up and, and practice dodgeball. You really kind of have to just seek it out. And if you don't seek it out, it's, it's so much harder to simply like sit down and grind, grind things out. Yeah. Cause you can't like go to local Y and just, uh, you know, grab a, some, some pickup games of basketball to get better at basketball exactly, or, yep. um, plentiful works, unfortunately. But for people that want to get better, um, something so simple as, you know, as I think you may, may have alluded to, or I just know you used to do this, you would just take like a, bat, a dodgeball and just throw it against the wall constantly, right? Yep. Even I'd something. I put tape on the wall right where the knees are, right where the shoulders are. Yeah. And I would just practice throwing at those spots over and over again, like, like I would say a hundred times here. Uh, and I would try to make sure as, as accurate as possible all hundred times and move on. I used to, again, like throw like 500 throws a thousand throws depending on the ball type and like the day it was like just at a wall constantly. That's a lot what I did in Japan when I was over there. So, and then when I, when I started training with rise again, since I was the only one in Utah, that's what I would do. It was like, well, I can't practice counter catching. Um, I can't practice throwing together. I was practice being accurate. That's what, and that's what Tim wanted me to do anyways. He wanted me to be accurate and hard. And so I'm like, you got it. And so I just, you can put that tape down, practice, practice, practice. And it definitely made a big difference. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of like the, I guess like the fundamental difference between somebody that truly wants something or would like to have it. So for anyone that's listening and, and thinks or rolls their eyes like, man, I want to throw 500 balls a night, you know, against the wall. But for the people that do, those are the ones that end up becoming better and, and rising above. And that's just like a, a simple way to look at the mentality behind it, I guess. Like you just would not take no for an answer. So you figured out a way regardless and just, again, help the things that you could help. Yeah. And just and hone it down to a T that's, that's all you can really do. Yeah. I still think you did some weird, like spiritual, some kind of <laughs> esoteric. I don't like... believe in that kind of crap. I'm, I'm very science-based. I don't believe in anything spiritual or religious or anything like that. There, there's no praying. There is no like meditating. More uppercutting waterfalls as hard, me and Chad hard, like to no. joke about. Just hard repetition. <laughs> all right. Nano machines. I know. actually sat underneath a waterfall for the first time, I think in June here in Salt Lake city. And it wasn't even a big waterfall and it was hard, like whole hard. Like I was sitting underneath it and I couldn't even keep good posture. And this waterfall was like 
maybe four feet wide, maybe. And it was not even pouring that hard, but it's ridiculous. I couldn't even stand up underneath this thing. It's, it's so intense. Like, like I challenge anyone just like thinks that that's old fashioned training, go and actually try and stand underneath a waterfall for more than like five seconds. It's nuts how hard it is. <laughs> it's actually, re- it's a, it's a tough thing to do now. It's not just something that you just see on a cartoon. Like, oh, I could do that. Yeah, it's ridiculously hard. Like, cold. Plus the fact that it was like ice freezing cold, and so you like you're going numb and while still trying to like like flex your muscles and keep yourself standing. It's, oh, no thanks. I, I, I have better ways to train myself, but that is definitely a very intense method for sure. Nice. Um. Well, let's go into some of the stuff that you, you brought up and, and I talked about how I kind of want to like implement these into the podcast for future questions and interviews. Um, so the one thing that you mentioned um, or would like to be asked, I guess, was um, why do you think dodgeball is still a mostly unknown and unacknowledged sport? And man, if anybody knows you on social media, you've definitely kind of shared your, your reason why, but um, well, let's, right. let's get into that some. So why, why is that lack of like online presence is one of the main things. Um, like when, when you see footage of dodgeball, there's no like camp, there's no dynamic camera action going on. It's just a overhead camera from the bleachers or like from a GoPro mounted on the wall. And it's like crappy footage. And like, you can't even see close up what's going on. There's no, and like, even if there's this amazing like headshot or something, then like you see it from really far away and you're like, oh, oh, you got it out. All right, haha. And that's kind of it. There wasn't like, wow, I need to like watch this on replay like several times. Like, holy crap, look at all this thing, all these things that happened. Because you, you can see that in any other sport. There's there's very, very like high powered and, and mobile cameras from every single different angle happening, like covering every single inch of the field. And you can see every single little detail in, in high speed, slow-mo, whatever you want, like crisp detail. And you don't get that with dodgeball. And I understand those cameras cost money, but we need to have that happen. We need to have clips and videos of actual high produced, well-produced dodgeball, because otherwise all that we're ever get is these shitty GoPro footages and, and no one's ever going to take it seriously, regardless of how amazing of a play happens. You need to have the camera angles. You need to have the, the mobility of the cameras to really show how crazy this sport is like everyone watches gopro footage of like oh he got blasted in the face and then they actually go to like a dodgeball tournament saying like oh my god this is 10 times 100 times more amazing to watch in person mainly because like dodgeball still get like blasted at you like behind the net but like it's so much more impressive to see in person and we need to capture that essence on video and and put it out there so people can actually respect this versus just oh haha like the movie or haha just like in gym class like no we need to be able to sit down and show them footage of of well-produced dodgeball content for people to take this sport seriously and want to get into it that needs to happen and in the segue into that we need an actual dodgeball court not playing on basketball court not playing with tape and nets we need to make a custom built dodgeball court keep it in the same spot play the winner's bracket, or I guess it's just a single elimination bracket, which is also, we'll talk about that later, uh, but play the hype matches on this court with well-produced cameras, with a stream going, with commentators going. Like, it needs to be well-produced. We need to create an online presence, and it has to be good. Otherwise, it will always remain a grassroots sport. Yeah, so my first uh, my first reaction is, you know, what, what are your thoughts on making that happen? 
and you might just say, well, money, right? That, that's because right. you already acknowledge that, that camera angles and all that stuff requires a film crew, requires a lot of money that, to right. Ed's credit, you know, the NDL did attempt that in 2006, um, and right. they had a great product because um, it, it, it kind of I mean, helped. That's one of the reasons, sorry not to interrupt you, but that's no, one of the reasons it. NDL lasted a while because Ed Prentice had this great production team and graphic design team, and it looked official. Oh. And in your opinion, you're not seeing that today? I mean, yeah, no, honestly, yeah, just straight up no. Yeah. I won't dig into that too much. I, I kind of went back and forth a little bit with Billy on where I stand with that. Um, but again, because we're going to talk about the NDL uh, in a separate episode with uh, with Mark and Serge. But um, that, that was done. Um, now, how he utilized that product, how he sold it, how he pitched it, yeah, how he, that's, great. yeah, something completely different. No, that so. was his downfall for sure. Yeah, so I mean, it, there's there, there's some validity to what you're saying. Um, what was the other one? The, an actual dodgeball court. So would that kind of accommodate like how the camera angles could be set up? And yeah, could... so so I've I've actually kind of like mar- mar- mapped it out a little bit. Like the thing is, it's it's not a mobile court. That's the issue with it. It has to be in the same spot every single time. People have to travel to it and not to some bold exotic location oh let's go to austin this year oh let's go to minneapolis this year or new orleans or anything like that it's, it's like i mean what happened in the west coast in seattle and portland those gyms had no air conditioning in the day one of nationals people were getting heat stroke from the like that's unacceptable and i understand maybe one of the reasons that mark did it was to make it easier for people to travel but like again if you want to take this sport seriously and you want to be athlete you got to suck it up pay the extra fees and, and fly out to the same place every single time so we can have consistency so this sport can actually grow. If you have to keep making like improv- improvisations on the fly because you keep traveling to different places, there, there's never going to be, uh, again, that, that, that real um, production quality because everything's mobile, everything's set up, put down instantly. It's all crappy. It, it looks crappy. No one's going to take it seriously that doesn't actually play dodgeball. No one from the outside of, of the community is going to take it seriously. So we really just need to suck it up, build a warehouse in LA or like outside of like SoCal or something like that, make an actual dodgeball court and have people come to it. Like regardless of how far you are away, you just got to suck it up, pay the fees. We'll try to help you out with sponsors if we can, something like that in the future. But it just needs to be in the same spot because the production quality needs to be there for people to take the sport seriously. And, and that would be, uh, again, like a, um, a custom built wood floor with proper markings that aren't taped. Uh, we need to have a glass panel, like a thick glass panel all the way around. So we can have sliding tracking cameras on a uh, either belt or rail of some kind that can, that can track through the glass and not have the dodgeballs break the cameras, but still be able to see everything in crisp action. And we need to have um, a nice quality net slash zone around uh, inside the glass. So it'd be the, the quartz, uh, in the lines and then a couple feet out would be the nets and a couple feet out from that or maybe like a foot out from that would be the glass and then the cameras on those tracks right there just again protect them keep them safe um, and there needs to be a net overhead so the balls aren't flying up above maybe extend the ceiling a little bit um, but it needs to look nice it needs to be professional it needs to have logos on the side it needs to have um, um, logos on the, on the wood like it needs to show like who's playing. Like when you go to basketball court, you see the logos on the actual wooden four of the teams that are playing on that. That that needs to be something that we can interchange 
with blocks in it and have these teams like like logos down and everyone needs to be wearing the exact same outfits that that can't fly with this person wearing that oh don't, don't that. get me started on that not the outfit. like that that's super important because again it needs to look professional um i don't care how sweaty you are bring five different versions of the same outfit like pay for that it has to look professional it has to look clean it has to be consistent and then, and, then, and then on top of that, there needs to be um, a free tracking camera that can circle from any direction, maybe a drone or something like that, that can like zoom in on different individual plays. Because obviously the downside of dodgeball is that there's six balls and you have to keep track of six balls. Any other sport, there's like one ball and you focus on the ball and the camera focuses on the ball and you're good. It's easy. And it, I understand it can be frustrating sometimes like to set this all up, but we, we just need to get it done. We need to have one camera tracking from center and it, it follows who's playing offense versus who's playing defense. And then a couple side cameras that are following the, the defense slash counter plays. And then again, the overhead like moving camera that can focus on individual shots as well too. Um, but it just, it just has to get done and the money has to be spent. Uh, the, whoever's running the league has to suck it up and say, Hey, everyone has to pay a um, production fee for to get this stuff done. Like that's just something you got to do. Um, and if you don't pay it, then you can't play like this, this need to take that hit because we need to get this off the ground. If it's ever going to be more than just some grassroots, like hole in the wall sport. So you remember the, what, what I thought, what I tried to do with the X league, right? Way back in the day. Mm -hmm. So if I had said to you back then, Hey, if you want to play in this league, um, but you have to pay for it to be part of this production. And right. let's assume it was obviously a lot better than using like access to sun cameras and um, yeah. just kind of throwing together what we could. Would you be able to justify that? Like, would you be able to justify Mark or Jake saying, hey, we're going to do this awesome production, but you have to come to us and you have to pay to be a part of it. Like, is that something that you are okay with doing? Yeah, because um, if, if they don't, then again, it will never pick off. And if we lose people because they don't want to dedicate to that, then they weren't dedicated in the first place. And again, this is this is elite dodgeball. It's supposed it's the, the brand of elite dodgeball is supposed to be the best, supposed to be the most dedicated, supposed to be the most seasoned. And if you're not willing to suck up a little bit more to to help grow the sport and and have people actually take it seriously that don't play dodgeball uh, and and give give yourself some validation for how much effort and time you put into this, then yeah, go yourself. So and I'm I'm totally willing to have people like cut ties with elite dodgeball if they're not that dedicated because that's what it's going to take because your version of elite dodgeball is the best of the best the best production everyone's wearing the same uniform no yeah. no no bs yeah it, it needs to be it, because again like if, if you look at the dodgeball like the finals like andrew is wearing like andrew's team they're all wearing completely different shirts none of them were matching they were like laughing and like, like not even taking it seriously even though it was 8.5 finals um yeah, and their team is just doesn't take the sport seriously. They're almost like mocking the sport, which is really obnoxious because they also happen to be one of the best teams out there. Um, but th that attitude, that type of stuff can't fly either. Uh, it, it needs to have um, a little bit more political correctness, even though I hate that term. Um, but it, it needs needs to have a um, barrier to entry. I honestly, I, I, really, I think that's the best way I can describe it. You can't just simply show up walk on and expect to be able to play with real elite dodgeball like go go to the secondary league go to a casual tournament like if i want i want everyone to know that goes to elite dodgeball what's going to happen what the expectations are for every player like how to conduct themselves properly 
if, if other people, again, outside the sport are going to take this seriously. So just definitely cranking up the uh, professionalism for sure by, by in your case, like 20, by yeah, yeah. I'm going to go a hundred, but, uh, all right. Now there's a lot of points that I agree with, uh, man. Um, it sucks, even though my team was, was pretty bad this season. It sucks seeing brand new players have no idea what they're getting themselves into and just getting almost just murdered. Um, I've talked about that a lot. Um, it drives me crazy seeing uh, teams not wearing the same uniforms, not matching. Uh, that's something that always irked me, uh, even back in the evil days, which is why I love Rampage so much. Um, it's, it's just I like Rampage so much. <laughs> yeah, and and what I the reason why I give people slack is is all right. Well, you're not getting paid to be here. Um, right. This is a hobby for the most that's part. That's the issue, right? It's like yeah, you, you I need all of these people to give me the expectations of a paid professional athlete without getting paid. Because the end goal should be that they eventually get paid, but you kind of got to suck it up and deal with the fact that you got to do the stuff without the benefits to get the benefits. And, and that's the hard part. And people don't want to do that. Like well, it's, it's investment, right? Yeah. And if you don't invest, then you won't get the, the, uh, um, the benefits. Yeah, you won't get the return on investment. Um, I mean, that was, that was done. That, that was entirely how rant ran Ed ran his, his business model. Um, and, and not to make excuses for people, um, I'm obviously just talking from my point of view and what I've noticed and witnessed over the years was that uh, people had to put their faith in Ed and for a lot of them, it, it never was rewarded. So I don't know if that's left people jaded or if they're just um, very weary of who they place their faith in nowadays. But um, right. and, I, and, I, and I don't, and that's one thing I don't blame Mark for. I feel like Mark spent so many of, of his years and so much of his energy fighting the bad rep and the um the repercussions of ed prentice that he really never got a chance to actually like he he had to literally fight tooth and nail to get people's trust in him just because ed prentice had over so many people before and i i definitely like give him credit that like he was starting from a negative in the first place like just trying to get back to like a, a base acceptable line um before he'd even like actually make any progress with the sport and, and I, I definitely give him credit for being that patient and, and putting up with that kind of, because that's, that's frustrating as hell when you're fighting a stigma that you didn't even create in the first place. Um, and so that, 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 that's for sure, like demoralizing. Um, but, but now that I felt like, I, I do feel like he spent a little bit too much time. I, I feel like a lot of people very quickly is like, hey, Mark cares, Mark's like showing a difference. Like Mark wants to make this sport grow. And I don't think he really ever fully acknowledged the fact that people did trust him and I don't think he was decisive enough and, and quick enough to make these implications or uh, these implementations. Um, and I think he just kind of got obsessed over saying, Hey, I'm not Ed Prentice. Like, like that was his go-to thing. Like, like I think he spent too much time on that and not saying, all right, well, I've proven myself. I'm not going to screw you guys over by, I need you guys to invest in me. He, he never really did that until like the very end. And at that point he was just kind of burned out, um, lost his job um issues it's just it's, yeah it's, it was too too little too late yeah i mean it, at some point it does need to fall on the players that share this vision have these goals that they have to do more than just show up hey play some dodgeball exactly. go home um exactly and to to some people's credit yeah they, they absolutely do do that day i mean gopros aren't the best but there's something right and also um i mean i, I can go i can go on for days on what people contribute so but it has to be a total buy-in. It can't just be a select few. Um, right. Yeah. So I agree, man. Um, there's some things I, you know, I can go back on. 
Um, if you want to know my, my, my point, I'll, I'll go there, but kind of still want to keep this mostly on you. So, uh, did this kind of answer the second question is what can the dodgeball, actually, this might be a good lead in. So what, what can the dodgeball community do? Um, you're saying right away, uh, just hold yourself to a higher standard if you're going to an elite tournament, right. but, but what else could they do? Is it a money um, thing? Is it just yeah, money? Definitely increase the price, um, split the fees between three different fees between a production fee at first to get the equipment buy the equipment so we have to keep renting every single time and so we can keep it in the same spots um eventually have to be replaced and stuff like that but that's like that's not an every tournament fee right but first a production fee secondly a venue fee so when we do need to travel when we do need to rent out gyms here and there if that may, may be the case that that money all goes to uh rentals of gyms and equipment um, and then there's the tournament pot entry fee and every single dollar that every single person pays goes into a pot and it's distributed between the top three, top, however many teams. Um, but the, all of those need to be increased. And if you can't afford it, then, well, then you can play in the B league team and we need to split it into two different leagues. It could be in the same weekend. It can be in the same place, but you're not playing the people that are paying less. Like if you, if you want to play in the casual B league of elite dodgeball, it's cheaper but it's not competitive. You don't get to play on the actual like dodgeball court. Um, and in the end, you're, you're kind of testing the waters, right? We, that needs to happen. And that, that needs to be the entry level accessible league. But, but it also, I actually do think it need, it's important that it needs to be in the same location at the same time so they can get a taste of what real dodgeball is like and say, hey, I want that. I want to practice. I want to get in there. How do I get in there? Well, you pay more. Hey, you practice more. Hey, you show up these practices, these tryouts, stuff like that. Which is so to the WDF's credit, I do appreciate that they're doing like tryouts and stuff like that, um, but they still suck, anyways. Uh, but other than other than money, um, people need to. Um, how do I say this? People need to not be so butthurt about rule changes and 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 things changing as far as policies and stuff like that. Um, and if they are, then they can simply either leave or just not not complain. I, I think it's, he's going to take it in stride. Just tr again, invest, right? Trust that the person making these changes, Marco Comb or whoever it may be, once they have proven their trust, is doing it for the greater good. And he's got to suck it up and say, well, I don't like this, but this is an investment I'm making. I, I expect to see payoff in the future. So I'm going to stick with it and see how it goes. Just write it out, trust, the, trust it, and actually just go with the flow and not uh yeah not focus so much on on me 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 and how this yeah, benefits and, me and then the community leaders need to not give so much of a f about what everyone else says that's another issue but that that that's harder because you have to find that fine line between taking feedback critical feedback and and not actually pissing off every single person um with a stupid rule or a stupid imp imp implementation but actually having the balls to make changes and new policies that are going to better and invest the sport to a higher degree. So that, that is a fine line to tiptoe and that is hard to do and it takes practice. It takes knowing your audience and it's, it's not easy, but it does need to happen. You can't just simply like, like play it safe every single time because it was, it'll stagnate. So. Yeah. Leadership is hard. Um, just it, it, it's ridiculously hard. from a completely different, uh, military aspect. There's a lot of stuff I have to do that's not gonna be popular. And sometimes it's not, um, it doesn't matter if you like me, it's, uh, we gotta get the mission done, but we, yeah. as soldiers have that buy-in for the most part. So it kind of makes it easy. 
And just to reiterate, you're, you're talking about elite on the most professional, athletic, polished level, right? Not everyone that plays dodgeball needs to subscribe to this belief, right? You're just talking about the best of the best. I, I feel like like the most people should buy into it. I, I, I would try to get at least 80% of the community's buy-in on this. Is I, I feel like at this point, a lot of the people do know what elite dodgeball is. It's been around for a while. They, they know the expectations going into this tournament, regardless if they're a good team or not. Um, and yeah, I, I feel like anyone that has the knowledge should be buying into this. Like if you have no idea what elite dodgeball is and you just played in like some casual Weho league or like Col Colgate league up in the like Northeast, then yeah, and you only play pinch or whatever idiots, um, then that that's fine. Um, but if you know about elite dodgeball and you know what it stands for the night, we need you to buy into this because otherwise it's just going to, I mean, sure. It's and and uh, to again, March credit, it's been growing every single year. Right. But nowhere near the near the pace that it needs to be and again it's like and again as i said before the online presence is is absolutely zero it doesn't exist yeah yeah it's it's uh if i wanted to, to take everything and just kind of chalk it up to like some bullet points it's it's we have to somehow justify or be okay with spending more money um i understand that you know as um as a, as a organizer, as a league organizer, as Mark or somebody that, that runs stuff, you want it to be as, as cheap as possible. Cause you're, you want people to play, right. but at some point you're, 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 you're sacrificing a more polished my biggest defense on this. We paid 200 to $350 <laughs> in the NDL to play single elimination with garbage cans and two by fours. And we and with no money payout at all, and we all traveled to Vegas, and we still had like fifty to a hundred teams like showing up to this. Right? Yeah. If the NDL and Ed Prentice and all his douchebaggery can pull that off, then Mark, who is much more accepted and well liked in Leech Dodgeball, who has proven itself to be a like a reputable brand, can easily justify every single person paying that full amount because of of. The, the the and that was back that was back when two hundred dollars was a lot more than two hundred dollars is now that was literally like ten years ago like like please <laughs> like like suck it up pay the extra money see the investment turn out for for what it's worth like it will be worth it use again like we pay like what forty dollars a person if that like fifty dollars a person split between like the teams it's 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 chump change compared to what we used to pay and I was eighteen when I paid that like if like I have a full working job now I could easily afford that kind of money so. Yeah, uh, hopefully we don't go back to the NDL days of paying three hundred dollars for a crappy tournament. But I, I get what you're I saying, man. I think you should be like not three hundred, but two hundred. I think you should be paying two hundred dollars a person, everything included, the production fee, the tournament fee, the venue fee. Like, like two hundred dollars is is a good amount per person if we want to see a real investment into the sport. And also another thing that's important: the reason we need more money is we need to show big payouts for these teams that say, "Hey, this team came in and won like twenty five thousand dollars." for this elite dodgeball national tournament. That's why the, um, the trampling dodgeball tournaments got so much hype because they had these giant payout checks that were happening. Obviously it was a corporate sponsorships, right. From the actual trampling sky zone, whatever it was. Um, but like that, that draws attention. Just the fact that like, how, hey, wow, I can play dodgeball and win $25,000. Oh, well, yeah. no, you can't because you suck and you've never played before, but you can enter into the B league and, and actually get a taste of what it's like. And then eventually if you're dedicated, you can work harder, train harder, make a more of an investment, move up into the actual elite dodgeball league um, and, and get a chance at that. But it's that, that money, that payout alone, just by saying, say, hey, 
I won $25,000 in dodgeball tournament. People will be like, what, really? Show me how, like, how can I join? That's just a talking point right there. If someone says, yeah, I went to a dodgeball tournament and I spent about $1,000, everything included on like travel and entry fees and I won 60 bucks back. They'll be like, do you do that? That sounds stupid. Like we, there needs to be an actual reason for people to want to invest in this sport besides I want to play dodgeball. Yeah, I mean, people watch uh, any dumb competition just because money's on the line because you want to root exactly. for that person. It's like, oh, man, if this person bakes this cake really well, they'll get $10,000 or I don't know, something. They just... sit here and ask questions on like whatever, like like name that prize or whatever it is. This just literally just because they can win money. Like that's a hugely popular and successful show. Like imagine if you could apply that kind of money to dodgeball. Oh, yes, where do I sign up? Yeah. Money, money, money. I think yeah, that's. I mean, yeah, that's true. That's that's what it is. No, it, it, I mean that's. The People world revolves around money, um, even even the dodgeball world. So moving on to the the other the last one, um, and these, these kind of all feed into each other. So, yeah. again, you kind of hit they're, towards they're it again, but uh, what's up? Yeah, they're all very tied together. Yeah, again, method behind the madness. Um, so, what do you not like about the current state of dodgeball? You've obviously thrown some some nuggets out there but to just revisit that hill balls yep um i don't like the political rec- political correctness of the the dodgeball community I, I believe that should be reserved for the court not for the community off the court uh, that's a big one um, what do you mean by that I, I just i hate how like i wish people could talk to each other and 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 build up hype and grudge matches and stuff like that um without getting butt hurt, without um, actually like hating someone and, and, and build up hype that way. Because I mean, like, that's how like kind of rivalry starts in, in, in other sports is that again, like the little Billy's like, I don't think these guys are, are all that. I think we can beat them. Um, I hate how this sounds so really bad, like really negative, but I hate how like wholesome and like happy and like, we're all in this and we're all one big family. Like the literally dodgeball family group is like cancer. Um, I love trolling that group, by the way. Uh, <laughs> anyways, I, I, just, I hate how I like, this. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I had this this image of you just walking up to a tree and swatting a beehive and then running. <laughs> <laughs> like, I've, done that. Just... Dude, I've done that so many times in that group where I've literally just made one comment just to piss off as many people as possible. And it's so easy. Yeah. And then you're oh gone. And then you're just gone into the bushes. And it's. Exactly. I'm like, God, God dang it, Chris. Oh, it's <laughs> so great. I love it. Sorry, I didn't mean um, to yeah, cut you off, I, I but... wish more people would kind of have the attitude, but to to a degree where the point where the talk is acceptable, but it's that's all it is is just talk, and then you can bring it to the court and apply it into like a grudge match or a hype match or whatever, and and build up like like rivalries and intention like that. Um, another issue I, I don't like is again like the mm, the the politics around the ball type. Um, it's there's so many people that have only played one ball type and just believe that is the ball type to go like the, the like that that is the golden standard and they're not going to like change behind that um i've had the idea before of like like of if you enter an elite dodgeball tournament you have to play every division or like one not not every division but like a, different ball types to get a feel for what you like um, I don't really think that'd be successful. I, it, it may be for some people, but no, I don't think it would be worth the effort put in. Um, but I just wish that people would be more open to trying different ball types. And, and how do I say this? I wish 
I wish that people would be able to have more tense hype moments on the court. And what I mean by that is I, I wish that there could be um, not so much actual fist fights, but like, like Jesus. staring down each other, like, like talking each other, because that, what, that's what makes hockey exciting. That's what makes basketball exciting sometimes. Um, baseball, especially some like the craziest moments you see, like the people like arguing with the umpire. Um, that that's more so down the line. I don't expect that to change anytime soon, especially if someone's not getting paid to pull it up with other people's ball. Uh, now that the refs are getting paid, it's nowhere near still enough to be paid enough to put up with someone yelling in your face. But I would like for the sport to eventually get to that point where you can go up and yell at the ref and like yell at the other players and and get in a really heated argument because that that's that's entertainment, right? And that's back to that social media. Um, aspect and online present aspects like oh wow what this is really intense holy crap why did he do that why is he angry like like explain to me like tell me what's going on like th that gets people talking that gets people interested in dodgeball um and and that's the issue one of the issues oh, this is such like a moral dilemma one of the issues i have with the like like banned if you're cheating rule in dodgeball because like cheating is not encouraged in other sports but like it's if you can get away with it, like Michael, Michael Jordan, like in basketball, like made so many like, like fouls against other players by forcing them into like bad, like compromised positions and then on purposely fouling them or fouling on them. Uh, and then the same thing in hockey, like you can check people against the wall and if you can get away with it, then you get away with it. Same thing in soccer. Like soccer is more obnoxious because again, you see this idiot rolling on the ground and, and yeah, you it, flicked air at him or you hit him in the right, face of like exactly. a blade of black like, grass wrong direction and get blown over. Right. Um, but again, the, the drama makes the entertainment and we, that again, this is much more down the line, but that needs to eventually be implemented because again, drama is entertainment. Entertainment is views. Views is recognition. And if we have recognition, we have a successful sport. So, so that's another thing that eventually needs to change. So players fighting each other, getting all not actual fighting. <laughs> don't, don't say that okay. players getting angry at each other, getting excited, getting hyped up, getting tense. Like, again, it's just the drama, right? Like, the drama needs to be there. And, and, um, and, 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 but again, the moral dilemma is like dodgeball is built on a foundation of trust. Like, I trust that you will take your out if you get hit. And that is important. But at the same time, like, it's, it's detrimental to the sport, too, because like, it's so easy. The way they've implemented it is so easy to be blackmailed at this point. Um, what do you, what do you mean blackmailed? Morally, morally, it needs to be it needs to happen so it's it's a it's discussion for a much later time when other things have changed so. what do you mean blackmailed though well because like right now with with the, the way banning goes is like anyone can walk around and have an extra person film every single little second and they can selectively choose who they're they turn the film into or who they're like targeting um and obviously duh of course they can right but at the same time it's it's really easy to pick on someone because the, you're, you're only filming this one person, this one team. And what happens? Well, my team cheated, but I'm not going to turn in that film, even though I have footage of my team cheating because they're my team. Right. And so it's, it, but it's the moral dilemma because, well, he cheated. Of course he should be punished. Right. Uh, and so the, the, the two ideologies are bashing forth back in my head. I don't really know what's the right answer. It's, it's a very complicated issue. Well, like, the easy one is to just not cheat. Right. If you're not cheating, then what do you right, worry about? Right. You can have but, 30 cameras on you. Yeah. Exactly, but that's just not realistic, unfortunately. So, yeah, but yeah. The, the, the drama. The, there needs to be drama. There needs to be tension. There needs to be excitement in one shape or form to keep people watching the sport 
from home from a computer on a stream or whatever like but again like first we need to pay people enough to actually put up with that drama right and we need to have an established um policy um to deal with the drama if it goes overboard right uh again a discussion for a much later time but that, that will be eventually that will be important because if it's all just like all fun and games and happy-go-lucky and they all haha no big deal good job guys high five each other then like no one fucking cares because like there's like acting like little kids and and having a good time there's there's no tension there's no um there's no risk of losing it's just everyone's all happy feel go lucky and no one's like actually like mad that they lost or mad at the other team that they like made this cheesy play or something or something like that i don't know i'm kind of ranting now yeah i'm trying to surmise it so in this professional league that you envision where everybody has the same amount of buy-in everyone is dressed the same everyone is um basically conducting themselves in the most professional manner you're saying that within this there's still room for drama of course yeah because again drama is entertainment and entertainment is attention well i'm not gonna argue with that simple breakdown um because i mean just look at what antonio brown from the nfl look at all the the drama that caused and that's i don't even I love football, but I don't follow it to that extent. But I, I knew what right. was going on because of all the, the ruckus that was caused. And I don't want to see that kind of happen into dodgeball. Um, but I think you and I differ on some things. But um, I'll just leave it at that. So I wish a lot of this stuff had happened earlier on in my career is the main thing. Uh, it's like a lot of this, a lot of these changes, I think, are for the good. And I just think they're happening way too late. Um, and there is just like too much damage control that had to happen first before like these actual like policies could be implemented and, 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 and progress could be made. Uh, I, I really, I really, really do hate Ed Prentice with all his little midget might that <laughs> he, he ruined such a great sport because he was greedy and wanted to make extra money. Well, like, and that's... There's so, much, so many years of damage control that like could have been like building the sport up, building out the hype of the movie. And it just, he just sunk it into like a deep dark hole. And I think that's why people are so upset with him. Like people like myself is just you, you had something and you just let it rot. Like he, we, right. well, it's not even that he let it rot. He, like, he abused it. Like he, again, he was, he was money grabbing. Like, like, like he was, the math did not add up. Like he was saying, well, this costs this much. And we have to spend all this money on the gym. It's like that, 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 uh, academy, that basketball academy gym in Vegas is dirt cheap to have the amount of money that he was making. Yeah. Like, he was making bank off that tournament every single year, like hard bank. No, he was. And then, but he had, like you said, he had the perfect opportunity to ride the movie wave. He had a great polished product. He had the resources and he chose to be self-sufficient and self-serving with that faith. And when you have that much faith in somebody and it's misplaced, uh, good luck getting it back. So anyway, um, cool. I, I do still dream that dodgeball can be an Olympic sport. Um, I, I, I really, and so, so one other thing I have with, uh, as far as like the drama and the hype and what needs to change. And the reason I'm so adamant about 8.5 dodgeball is that another, another selling point of dodgeball is the crazy blast that people throw at each other. And like these missiles that rocket off their face, their chest, um, and they just get completely blown away. And you don't see that in no stinger foam. Like, like, sure. Yeah. You get, all right. You get blast in the face of foam ball. Ha ha. You walk it off. Like. If you blast someone point blank in the face of the foam ball, 
they're not scared of you anymore. They, they're just like, whatever, it's fun ball. Like, no big deal. Like, they'll, they'll rush you again the next time. You have to blast them in the face again. You blast them in the face in the 8.5, they're going to think twice about, like, rushing you down about, like, how to approach you. And they're going to be more cautious and more creative. And, and again, that makes for good entertainment. Yes, you can see like, oh, you got a crazy hit. But when you when you get a high production camera quality going on and you see the different angles and like there's just foam balls kind of bounces off this guy. Oh, it's whatever. It's like, oh, I got hit. Yeah, cool. Same with no sting. It's a little bit more impactful. But like like the crazy impactful hits are what dodgeball is about to most people that don't know the sport. It's like, oh, yeah, I used to blast kids in elementary school or like like I love throwing really hard. Like that's the excitement. That's the, the that's the the reason of for the hype in the first place if you don't have that entertainment no one's going to want to watch it if he's like oh well, yeah he got hit and he walked out there, there's no drama behind that hit there's there's no meaning behind that hit it's kind of simply took it and that was it but with 8.5 there's so much more like e even someone that has no idea what's going on is like wow that guy just got lit up that never happens with no sting that never happens with with uh foam in comparison to 8.5 like the hits are so much more dramatic with 8.5 in comparison to the other two. And, and I think that's important for viewership and for acknowledgement of the general public to actually sell a sport as something that people would want to watch on national television. Yeah. I, I crack up when, um, when somebody gets lit up in foam, it makes a huge noise, but it's, it's foam. And they like, just walk it off and yeah, no big deal. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. And not that I want to see people get hurt. It's just like the, the reaction people, of like, so no, no, people do want to see people get hurt. That's why hockey is so entertaining. If you have no idea what's going on in hockey, you've never watched a video game. You don't follow the blues or whatever, like, like, like team. Like if you see someone get rammed into the freaking door or the, 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 uh, the wall, then that's entertaining. If you see someone get sacked in football and get flipped over backwards, that's entertaining. You have no idea what's going on. You saw some, That's why MMA is so ridiculously popular because you saw someone just get his kicked in. Like that's entertaining. People like violence, regardless if you like that or not. It sells. It's entertaining. It's, it's easy, free, cheap real estate. Like it's, it, everyone likes it. It's entertaining and it, and it gets the views. And if you don't have that in dodgeball, that you're missing out on a big opportunity to sell it to the average person. That's what everyone remembers dodgeball for. It's like, oh, there's always that one bully blasting kids. But like, wow, this is actually in professional setting. Everyone's acknowledged the fact that, yeah, I might get blasted. And that needs to happen more. That's the drama and the hype that needs to happen. And that only happens in 8.5. Like, mm. that doesn't happen to the same degree in foam and no sting. And, and again, that violence needs to be there. And that's then that, you know, bringing into like what the community needs to change is they need to be more accepting of the fact that headhunting should be encouraged, if anything. Again, if, you don't, if you're not ready for someone to like headhunt you on the court with an 8.5, don't step on the court. Go play in the B League. Go play with foam balls. Go play with no, no sting balls. Like, again, th that needs to be there, maybe not now, but eventually for this to be a national sport, to be a sport taken seriously that, that sponsors are wanting to pay people for to play, to travel to tournaments. That violence needs to be there. It's such a huge waste of opportunity and, and, and entertainment and hype that gets lost because the dodgeball community is all friendly, family, happy, feel good. Like it's, uh, and I understand that like it's a community sport right now, but if that wants to change, if people want this sport to be acknowledged, it, it needs, it needs that, that brutality. Yeah. Yes, I use probably on purpose. <laughs> pun, pun intended. Um, yeah, pun, pun very intended. Keep it brutal. 
Yeah, I I mean, I'll go back to what I was saying. Like I I'm not out to see people get hurt. Um I don't know if that's just me. I'm missing a gene or something that you you are you are too much of a nice person for you to ever admit that, Steve. But I do do deep down believe that you do enjoy seeing that from time to time. I see I enjoy regardless, seeing it when it's if you admit it in public on a podcast or not. I know you have enjoyed some very violent outcomings of dodgeball in the past. When I feel it's justified, yes, I will. I will say I do yeah, have. You're, you're more of like the, the the social justice revenge, like like brutality kind of guy. Like like yeah, you can deserve that. Like I may not have dished it out, or I may have dished it out, but if I think you deserved it, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be enjoying every second of it. That is definitely you. Well, it's more like vindication, I guess, or not yeah, vengeance, exactly. but yeah, I'm I'm just saying like. I don't watch football to watch people get cracked. I watch football to, I guess, watch the Cowboys let me down time and again because I'm a glutton for punishment. <laughs> um, right. and, and but that there that is an important uh, thing to note is that it, the violence should not be the front and foremost part of dodgeball, right? The, the professionalism, um, the, the 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 just like any other sport, like the teamwork, right? Like the 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 effort put in, like all that needs to be just as forefront, if not more forefront than the brutality and, and the violence and the, the entertainment and the hype and the drama. Right. But the, that need, that's a very precarious balance and that they, they all need to kind of work together and mesh together because dodgeball needs every single shot and every single chance they can get to be a successful sport. We're already running behind the stigma of that movie from literally 15 years ago. We're running behind the stigma of Ed Prentice, like, like of a, of a bully sport in elementary school of something casual, something grassroots to really bring every single potential out in dodgeball and have the most amount of people buy into it. We need every single little selling point we can get. And if just, just ignoring even one of those can be super detrimental to the future of the sport, if it's ever going to grow. So one thing I realized when you're explaining, um, I like bear words of violence and I'm, cause I'm playing this through my mind of like, when I tell people about dodgeball, I, there's a reason why I tell them that there's monsters like Andrew Ketchum out there, because I want them to know that this is not a playground game. Like people, there's something at stake, right? Like you were playing against right. people that are just monsters. Um, and in, in a way I'm kind of real with, with just kind of realizing as, as I'm telling you, like I'm realizing I'm, I'm kind of catering to what you're talking about. Like I want people to know that it's, it's a real sport. It can be very intense because I want it to be taken taken seriously, right? Like when people say right. dodgeball, like oh, it was like the movie, it's all slapstick yeah. and, and whatnot. But in reality, no. Like there there is a chance to be injured. It is taken very seriously, and if you are not uh, on your game, uh, you can get hurt. Being so yeah, and it's, I'm not trying to sell the you can get hurt part. I'm just trying to sell the fact that it is a very serious thing now. And so I, I to a in a weird wild way, man, I, I kind of agree with what you're saying now. I finally just clicked. Like I got the little light bulb. Not saying uh, we should become full MMA, but you know, I, I imagine. <laughs> right, obviously. Yeah. Hey, we're just gonna blow the whistles <laughs> and whoever's Step still. Dodgeball already, so. Yeah, I just start fighting each other. Um, yeah, I, I. We're fighting bleachers. Yeah, it, it took some sifting, but I, I can I can see where you're getting at, and I'm not just saying like, yeah, this should be a. A freaking uh, free for all, right? yeah, blood fest, but but blood blood fest, but there should be something that very very powerfully distinguishes people's version of dodgeball that don't play versus us that know what goes on inside the court when we're playing against high caliber teams um at their best so okay i do i love watching terrorists get blown up all right i will savor what, what those videos who? terrorists bad guys 
Oh Jesus Christ! Okay. Yeah. All right, we're going there. Yeah, well, because you're right. I, I there, I do have a mean streak, but I save it for when I'm going to need it the most. Um, and right. I'm not trying. Okay. And I'm, I'm not going to air this part just because I don't want to. Like, do why do you save it? Do you only have so much? Like, can you only like enjoy violence so much before you start feeling bad for people or something? I, I just. Some people need to be put down, right? There are just some truly bad <laughs> yes, people out yes. there, and I feel like yes. um, I can save it for for that. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm just I'm a gentle monster, I guess. The gentle monster, but you you know it's there. I, you you call me on that, so I'll do that part for sure. I've I've been on the receiving end of it. <laughs> I remember I remember when I blasted out Jackie in the face because I thought she cheated against me, and then you just like rushed me down with this bloodlust in your eyes, like like oh my god, I'm about to die from Stephen Damon, hold of all people. I don't think that hard. Yeah, because like like you like before, I'm, and that was actually like like a year and a half into me playing when I was like getting good, but still not like amazing. Yeah. Um, but I just got like a really good hit on her and hit her in the face, and like you had never taking me seriously until that moment and he was like immediately rushed me down with no regard to any counter hits through as absolutely far as you can blast me square in the chest and i was like i was like almost hurt because i thought that like like it's all over steven damon hates me or something <laughs> like that because it was just so completely out of left field <laughs> i had never seen you that pissed off before it's so fun it's so funny looking back on it now oh my god yeah if it was uh Jackie was reason I hit you in the chest. If it was like Sabrina, I would have I would have probably drop kick you. I would have just fist. Oh my at that god, point. blood baths. Remember when Sabrina's dad almost broke Mason in half? Oh god, Christina's dad? Jesus Christ, that man was scary. Yeah, if if anyone knows Mason Shank Doom Train, like everyone knows he is the big guy. Like he is the guy you fuck with. This girl that played dodgeball, her dad made Mason Shank look like a little kid on the playground, and he was about to step onto the court and break Mason in half. Like it was, it was very, very tense. Like we thought people were going to die. <laughs> well, he was scared of he scared Brian Armand and Mason. Like that's yeah, all. Yeah, like, like, I forgot. Brian Armand stepped back to the two biggest people in Arizona dodgeball, and this guy just like makes them like like children in comparison. Oh, that was that was terrifying. I remember Mason just saying like he was recounting what happened. He's like, you know, I just uh, I just tensed my back up and just knew this is it. I'm gonna get knocked back out. <laughs> <laughs> like, like to see that fear in Mason. Yep. Like uh, it's it's over for me. I'm dead. Even though I got Brian Armand by my side, uh, it's over for us. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh man, and all the uh, yeah, all those. I mean, and honestly, I think that's one of the reasons why um, this week in Phoenix dodgeball, like like YouTube videos, were entertaining, is because they had a lot of drama and a lot of hype in those videos because people were crazy in Phoenix dodgeball league. Like their fights did break out, like like drama did happen, and that's why a lot of people tuned in to watch those videos. Like, like that's proof of concept right there. Yeah, and you're not wrong I mean, with they it, were man. Produced as well too. That's the other thing. So. Good old for, for the amount of money they were putting into it, it was very well produced. Yeah, no, they they did a good job. Um, but all right, man. So let's get to uh, probably the most uh, polarizing question, and that is, uh, what are you? Are you Team Taco or Team Pizza? If you had to choose, uh, Team Team Sushi. God, you just you have to burn everything down, don't you? <laughs> like, Tacos and pizza are both great. They both even together pale into comparison to the amazing might of tuna and eel and salmon and rice and wasabi and soy sauce it's yeah there's no comparison you know i'm just i'm gonna let you get away with that only you uh, i've asked every single uh guest this season are they team taco or pizza and 
uh, Taco's winning. I don't know if you care because you're your team sushi, but uh, I'll let you have that. I'll let you be the only one that gets to dodge the answer. Uh, just set that on fire. I'm also someone that does not up on your pizza or not. Like I've eaten pineapple Hawaiian pizza before. It's okay. I'll eat it again. It's still pizza. I'll eat pizza without pineapple on it. It's still pizza. It's good. Pizza's good. Pizza is still good pizza. Like like I hate the people that like get up all in arms. Like it doesn't belong on pizza. It's still pizza. If you're hungry, you're still gonna eat it, mother. Like you're not gonna like look this pizza. Say, oh no, I'm hungry, but I'm not gonna eat that because it has pineapples on. If you're hungry, you're gonna eat it. Like and if you if you don't, then you're wasting free food and you're an idiot. So. You're a huge fan of free food, aren't you? Dude, I so the speaking of free food, back after Phoenix Dodgeball, everyone go to the bar back when I was 18 and poor and had to pay for gas money for two hours up and two hours down from Tucson to Phoenix, I couldn't buy myself food at the bar. And so I would walk around since I was absolutely starving since I was an 18 year old. I would walk around and say, Hey, you going to finish that? Hey, can I have the rest of that? Hey, do you want, do you want any more of that? Can I have it? Like I would literally like finish every single person's meal off at the entire bar, like shamelessly. And, and that honestly was, I, that was one of the best moments of my life. Because everyone just at one point knew that I was going to make rounds and they would kind of like save a little bit left over and just give it to me. And I was just like, I appreciate you. I appreciate you. Like, like Renee and Kirsten definitely did that a few times. It's like, Hey Chris, do you want the rest of my food? I'm like, Oh, you have no idea how hungry I am. Like, like I'm a grown boy. I need this I, I will now. never, ever, ever, ever say no to free food. Yeah. I remember, um, I used to get my chicken chipotle sandwich at bogey's and I'd always save half. Yes. Oh my God. All right. So we have to end this on the best story of dodgeball ever oh no dodgeball related so um 21st birthday played dodgeball oh, on a God. sunday went to bogeys afterwards attempted the 21 shot challenge right and so um cock and tristan ruined it all by giving me a four horseman i was i was I'm like i was like 14 shots in and doing okay until he gave me that four horseman shot and i think travis gave me a wild turkey as well i kind of um but yeah, so had the chicken chipotle sandwich, right? This amazing sandwich at Bogey's. It had like garlic fries on the side as well too. Oh, I still miss it to this day. It was so great. Um, but had that beforehand because I knew I was going to be drinking a lot. So I needed food in my stomach. Get completely wasted. There's like 50 of my friends from Dodgeball all at this bar. But no, I choose to talk to the one random dude that's not there from Dodgeball. And I'm spilling out my life story to this guy, waving my arms wildly as I talk. As if you've ever talked to me, I, I, I'm doing it right now. Um, waving my hands over the places. I spill out my life stories. This random dude, completely drunk, knock over a glass from the bartender. The bartender told, tells me to apologize and I ignore him. <laughs> and so I get kicked out of the bar and Steve Damon here takes me home, driving down to Tucson. And uh, do you want to tell the rest? I mean, I'll, I'll keep going if you want me to tell the rest of it. Well, because at I... that point, I don't remember the most of it. All I remember is you telling me what happened. <laughs> yeah so i mean if i if i miss something let me know but i remember um we we get you home i'm not driving because i i'm pretty I'm, I'm equally well, i'm talking the power no you you were driving do you remember on my 21st birthday when i threw up on the like at the side of the road okay so i wasn't driving okay I, yeah i was like because very rarely yeah, did i come so, back so from bogey's sober like, right so. outside tempe yeah and like and you're driving and i was like steve pull over it's time and i, I knew i was gonna throw up and so I, and I get out of the car and I throw up and I, I, again, do not remember. This is what you told me. I get, I get back in the car and I'm crying and you like, apparently like freak out and like, dude, what's wrong? Are you okay? And apparently I was like crying because like, I lost my chicken Chipotle sandwich. I only get to eat that once a week. I was literally upset because I lost my chicken Chipotle sandwich. That I only get to eat once a week because I have to drive to Phoenix to get it. And I was so upset that I had to throw up the sandwich after drinking 15 freaking shots that I started crying. 
Yeah, I remember I was like, uh, man, I thought I loved that sandwich. <laughs> I will say uh, it wasn't outside Tempe. It was actually, um, man, it was like just outside um, Florence. And I remember as you're, it, this is like hilarious, uh, like just, just like a hilarious image. I almost want to say like juxtaposition, but here I've got you out in the, out in the desert throwing up. And I'm, I'm like terrified of like, you know, cops. So I pull over some far area, right? You're right. puking, and then I'm just like I'm also walking as far away from you as possible because whenever somebody starts puking or, or driving in front of me, I'll start doing the same. Like I'm a sympathetic <laughs> thrower upper, I guess. Um, or I get really close, but um, so I walk far away from you, and I just hear like this the calm quietness of the of the desert, and uh, I just remember looking up at the sky and just thinking, man, what a what a what a gorgeous night! Look, look how many stars are out there. This is this is incredible. And then I just hear, and I'm like I. <laughs> I, I just killed Chris Bell. I think we have to bury his body out here. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, so I got back in the car, and I remember you uh, being very upset about your Chipotle. And I remember telling you several times, like, hey, we'll get another one, man. It's fine. Like, we'll, we'll come back to Dodgeball. Because it was, it was Thursday night, I think. Um, Thursday nights were, were oh, bogeys. Yeah, it might have been, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll come back. Uh, you know, we're going to come back up here Sunday. If you want one, then we can get one. But, you know, just give it seven more days, and we'll, we'll be back up here on Thursday again. So, man, that was... Uh, I remember, I remember Tristan getting the 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 four horsemen, and I told him like, "Dude, you're gonna kill him. Like he's already I, so, like, I'm already completely trashed. Like, he's already doing so well for. I mean, because you had you had Travis. Uh, I mean, you had Tristan. You had like Kellen. You had the odds were stacked against me. Yeah, you had sure. Ben. You had myself. You had like so many people willing to just just kill you, just destroy your liver <laughs> on your birthday. <laughs> and then freaking Tristan comes in with like a baseball bat to the face, like with a the four horsemen just not not uh not pacing at all but um yeah man uh good old good old memories I, yeah. and this last one will just be to kind of like since i've talked a lot balls kind of like throw myself to the wolves on this one so for anyone that doesn't know um there's a tournament uh in california uh oh um, no <laughs> <laughs> you already know it's coming i know exactly uh, where you're going and- <laughs> and so we there was two separate tournaments it was a two-day event but each day was a different tournament so the, the whole tournament ended one day and you had to start play the next tournament the next day and so we did really well by uh, the first day um and that night there was tron dodgeball or like black light dodgeball uh where they turned off the lights everyone was wearing black lights oh, glow so in the fun. dark and and was and drinking alcohol and like blasting each other with music playing it was really really fun and that was the night that I found out what Fireball was. So, and there's this cute little Asian girl offering anyone that wanted Fireball, Fireball. So how could I say no, right? And so, and I, and I originally hated whiskey, but but my friend told me, he's like, no worries, dude, it tastes like Christmas. I'm like, oh, well, that makes everything better. Yeah, let me add it. And at that point, I'd already had like four or five different beers with Mixed Plate Crew from Hawaii. They had been like getting, they had loved getting me drunk too. Um, and so this, this girl offered me a bunch of fireball and I drank like a fifth of the full freaking handle and that's so beer and then hard liquor with no food in my stomach after being dehydrated, playing an entire day of dodgeball was not a great combo. I got completely faced. Um, I think I might've gotten like a little bit of like alcohol poisoning or something that night. Cause I was throwing up all night. I didn't sleep at all. Um, and so next morning we, you and I, we go to Jamba juice and we both get like super extra large things of Jamba juice to kind of rehydrate and we couldn't stomach food at that point. Um, and so I'm like chugging on this Jamba juice, which I should not have been. 
um, to like try to rehydrate myself and get myself back in the game to get ready. And we show up to the tournament late, still like with a little bit of alcohol poisoning in me, play a game, sit down, not feeling great, but I have to go ref. And so I have the Jamba Juice container in my hand and the whistle in the other hand. And I go, this side ready, this side ready. And the force of me blowing air into the whistle made that like <laughs> gallon of Jamba Juice all just expel out all at once. And I could feel it coming up. And I tried to open the lid of the Jamba Juice and I filled up the entire Jamba Juice like cup. And then it over poured all over the court with both people both teams rushing into the center to grab all the balls and i just throw up in front of everyone <laughs> and i was like this side ready this side ready <laughs> and i was oh so God. sick and i could not stop throwing up i had to go remove myself from the scenario while other people had to clean up my throw up on the court before they could continue playing and i had to sit like on the side and still like drink a little bit more water and just embarrassingly die and try to hide myself as small as possible. Oh my God, that was so, and, and, and not only that, but every single person heard about at that tournament. So like everyone knows that story that was at that tournament. Oh my God. And this, if you, if you just go up to someone from the West coast and you go, this side ready, this side ready, they'll probably know what you're talking about. It's almost synonymous with Chris Bell. Like it's, it's yeah, it's, it's part of your legacy now at this point. I, that was my darkest, for sure, darkest moment, lowest moment in dodgeball by far. Oh, man. I remember, um, well, I, I don't drink before tournaments anymore because of that. Um, I made one it exception. It only, only took you 10 years. Right. Um, just because I, I remember, well, we lost to Joe Fernandez's team, Los Bandidos. Oh, no. So that was the final, that was the final straw I could not take anymore. I was like, I will never put myself in this situation again where I lose to Joe Fernandez's team. <laughs> And I remember like just driving home and Brett's just angry stare just from the back from the oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. burying like barely into my the back of my head, just how angry he was because uh me and you were just so incapacitated that that second day. Um I did drink during the LA Classic though, because uh that's more of a fun tournament and I got a chance to drink with Tim Jim. <laughs> so I had to. Um and that was like last last week and I was like, Man, I've never done this before. It's been so long. But um yeah, I ever since then, man, I've 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 stopped just because a it's just not it's not good, and b because uh, I, I lost to Joe Fernandez, and I I can't live that down ever again. So yeah, man, that was uh yeah I, I was laughing really hard right now. Bad times. Yeah, it's that time was definitely the ugly time for sure. Yeah, it's funny now. Uh, at the time, I was like, uh, I feel like I'm partially responsible yeah, yeah, oh for this. God, I was so embarrassed. Yeah. Anytime it's like, dude, do you know what Chris did last week? I'd be like, oh, sure, please stop talking. I was like, please and let now this I was go. Just funny. So. Yep. Oh, well. All right. Is there anything else we need to touch on? Any, any more drama we need to bring up? Any more? Oh, I feel like it's going to it's gonna resurface on some threads on the social media at some point. And if not, then maybe I people just. I want to see people's responses to this podcast. I, I, I'm I very curious how many people I've angered and, and triggered. Yeah, I kind of go from like tiptoeing. Uh, you know, into, you know, the, I want to say, I keep saying controversy, but just letting people speak their opinion. Yeah. I got to do that more. So I got a taste with Billy. It was very well received. That's one reason why Joe Rogan is such a successful podcast. He brings people from all corners of the spectrum, like on, and like, he just lets them rant. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I'll do this more. As as much as people kind of like paint him as like a right winger or whatever like that, he is very unbiased in a lot of his opinions. Well, he's, he's 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 left wing. Letting people 
Yeah, no, he, he's a he's a Democrat. Last I checked. But um, you're right. He has a lot of controversial of controversial people on, and I think that's why he kind of gets a bad rep sometimes. But he is he is very good. and he's so neutral at at, at or stay, he's so good at staying neutral that that's why I think he's so successful. Is that like regardless of where the the guest stands, he's he's just kind of letting them air it all out. So yeah, and I, I try to do that. There's a lot of stuff that I still wanted to to go back on and revisit, but for the most part, I wanted to just kind of let you say your piece. Um, and uh yeah we'll see how it's received but um it, it was it was fun man it was it was it was always a good time playing with you um from that email to this podcast episode um i know you, we you and i may have had yeah i know you may you may have clashed heads a few times but um i think as with most people if you actually sit down and get to know them uh you realize that there's more to them than just whatever controversial thing they may have said on facebook right. and i hope people are able to look past that take what you said with uh you know, with some thoughts and, and we'll see how it goes. But um, the only glad- thing that that's, that's an issue is that when you are too controversial, it's hard for people to take you seriously. And I'm, I'm aware of that, but yeah, I, I, I want people to look past the fact that I can be a douchebag and the fact and, and respect the fact that I have years of experience playing this sport relevance in other tournament organizations. Um, and, and I think that at the end of the day, I, I, I don't care about any of the people in the dodgeball community at all. I, I just do not like there there are there people that I can say friends that are also in the dodgeball community and I care about those people. But the dodgeball community by and large, I, I do not give about you. I care about dodgeball. I care about the sport and I want to see the sport grow. And if 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 you take nothing away except for this part, I, I care about the sport. I want to see it succeed and I want to see players be recognized for the effort and the talent and the drive that they have to make the sport great. So that's what I care about. Cool. Well, I think we'll we'll go ahead and leave it at that. So yeah. we'll go ahead and end the interview there. All righty. So that was uh, Chris Bell. Chris, uh, thank you so much for for coming on, man, and 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 giving me your time. Um, I know this was a this was a plan that we had in motion um, post post nationals. Um, you know, it, it took took some time to actually get you on here, but uh, I, I hope that it did not stir the pot too much. But at the same time, uh, some of the feedback that I did receive uh, at nationals at, at the after after party was that I need to let people um, who have not that, again keep saying controversial, but just who have differences in opinions or better yet, just opinions, uh, go ahead and voice them. And I, I don't try to suppress them by any means. I just I definitely don't like stirring the pot. But if um, if you enjoyed this podcast or if you um, have stuff that you want to say that you are willing to air out, I don't mind being a uh, platform for that. Um, I know that I am very much on the positive, let's see, the optimism and better uh, of, of all things. Um, most of the time, that's pretty much where, where I air. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm more than happy to have a discussion. Um, as I said with Chris, as we were wrapping up, I do try to inject some of my opinions and input, but I also try to limit it uh, just because I don't want to overtake the conversation. But um, I guess really all I'm saying is that I hope you appreciated this. Um, If it ruffled some feathers, um, I'm sorry. But at the same time, I feel like that's just what happens when you have a discussion with somebody that's been in and out of the sport for 11 years and has literally traveled the world playing and just has developed some some takes and opinions along the way and um how they are delivered is uh it's up to them so 
anyway, that all being said, um, thank you again, Chris. Thank you so much for the questions that were submitted. Um, thank you for listening up until this point. And I guess we'll just uh, leave it there. So if you're still listening, have a great uh, rest of your evening, a great weekend, and we'll see you next time. there and swoosh noise um cool man that will be uh that'll be it so um man this is gonna be fun to edit yeah good good luck with that <laughs> yeah I, I i'm gonna show you a picture of the edits i gotta do just for part two and uh but it'll be worth it man like i said it's uh it's, it's about time i start letting people air out their opinions a little bit more like i there have been controversial topics but not to this extent and um, I want people to feel like they can speak their piece. I want this to be a good outlet for them. And uh, Joe Rogan somebody I really look up to. So cool. it's, yeah, it's we'll time to evolve. With the uh, next guest, hopefully they're a little bit easier to edit than I am. Yeah, they're <laughs> going to be like freaking super PG compared to you. So. Yeah, I know. I was like, how was your day? Oh, it was great. How do you like Dodgeball? Oh, it's a blast. I love it. This is fun. End episode. I'm like, well, that was strange. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.